0: Hi, I'm Charles.
1: I'm Christine. And
0: And we eat stuff.
1: Hi, guys. What's up? Welcome to the podcast, We Eat Stuff and Talk About Things. My name is Christine Guthrie, and I am one half of We Eat Stuff. In this podcast, we're seeking out folks in St. Louis related to food, cooking, Drinking and Eating, who we want to know more about. This week's conversation is with Matthew Koch, who is currently a bartender at The Libertine in Clayton. That is slightly different from what we spoke about in our interview uh, from one month ago. He was working at a different restaurant right then, but you can right now find him at The Libertine. Thank you so much for tuning in, and please enjoy our conversation with Matt. Hey, Matt.
2: Hey, how are you guys? <laughs> Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How's it going? Good. It's going Sweet. well. Sweet. Nice I just
1: Sunday lost my
0: afternoon. No, oh, no. And right. I hate it when that have. That's right. There's more.
1: That's the worst.
2: <laughs> I'll just shove this down. What are
1: these? <laughs> what are these fancy concoctions you made for uh, us? Oh, this
2: is uh, of course it's a jungle bird because it's me and it's like my favorite cocktail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a tiki style drink mm-hmm. uh, because it's from the late '70s, a little bit after uh, all the cool stuff went down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's some holdouts, I believe. This is from the Aviary Bar. Or the... Uh, in a hotel either in Florida or, I don't know, I gotta, I gotta do some more research, but <laughs> I just, I tasted it at Oleo a couple of years ago, John Fowles made it for me. Yes, great guy. Uh, it s- kind of started all this nonsense with me, because up until that point, I was very classic cocktail, everything has to be exactly, you know, the, the way, and then this was just like, yeah, you know, dark rum and, pi- and a Campari and pineapple juice, and I was hooked. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, really? Mm. You know, Perfect. Yeah.
1: And these are epic tiki glasses. Yeah, Star I mean, Wars can tiki Can you tell mugs. us what they are?
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Star, uh, my sister got me some beautiful Star Wars tiki mugs. I have a Stormtrooper. Nice. Christine mm. has Chewbacca, and Charles has Darth Vader. Perfect. Well, cheers.
1: Thanks
2: okay. so much, my friend. Cheers. <laughs>
1: Happy Sunday.
2: I hope it gets through the straw okay. hmm Thanks, William.
1: Mm. That's good.
2: Yeah, super boozy. It's a bendy straw. Or, yeah.
1: like, rubbery straw. Yeah, that's right. Mm.
2: Target has awesome things. Mm. Target is I love thrift stores, but man, Target! Like yeah. I got a pack of metal straws there too. Cool, six of them for like yeah, four yeah. bucks. Hmm. Like, awesome.
1: Ugh. Thank you so much for making that.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so uh, Matt, who are you?
2: Uh, I'm Matthew Koch, I'm a bartender at Parigi and Niksta, uh, part of the Benjelina Hospitality Group. <laughs> kind of a really awesome company to work for, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for now. You know, yeah. I'm not in charge of anything, which is really nice. It can be good. Yeah, sometimes that yeah, is nice. I it has its all, perks. The booze is there and the invoices are already in a folder. and mm. you know, Sometimes I put them away, sometimes I don't. Like, <laughs> Cool? Yeah.
1: Depending on how you're feeling. Yeah. Nice. What do you do as a bartender? How long have you been doing that stuff for?
2: Uh, it's, it's, it's a fuzzy backstory. I'd have to say about <laughs> two or half, three years. I'm really bad with timelines. Mm-hmm. I'd say let's let's go ahead and call it 3 years. Hmm. Um yeah. Uh before that I was uh so I, hit the, I guess the whole rundown is uh I was in a band with a dude uh who ran a bar ran a bar program. I worked at a bar. That uh, was Toyo Spudo. Mm-hmm. And uh oh, yeah. I really yeah. wanted to uh, I would go visit him at work cuz I was bored and that was the first like uh just make me something experience I ever had because I was 21 or 22 and I was drinking mm-hmm. like you know, Malibu and pineapples, which I probably still drink all the time, (laughs) if I'm in a pinch. Uh, So he made me some drink with, like, banana syrup and cognac and, like, coffee reduced whatever, whatever, I don't remember what was in it. Uh, It didn't have a name, you know. I was like, this is rad, and it was the first time I drank something that I really thoroughly enjoyed, Uh, and I was just kind of, like, fixated, like, I want to do that, you know, I want to do that, I want to do, like... And the focus was hundred percent on the drink and the cocktails and wanting to do mm-hmm. that. It had nothing to do with like the people or hospitality or sure. anything. So I just kinda steered myself to that as much as I could, started as a door guy, and then became a bar back and then mm-hmm. eventually a bartender. Mm-hmm. Um, all at very different places. Like it's been a <laughs> tumultuous work history. Uh, just trying to find a place where I could fit in, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I did um I did planner sales for a short amount of time. <laughs> uh, I wasn't ready. Yeah. You know, it was just it was too much to take in. Sure. Uh, I was nailing the preparation on the drinks and everything. It was just, I wasn't really good with people yet. Yeah. You know, I was kind of nervous because I just mm-hmm. wanted to do such a good job all the time. You know, I wasn't, I didn't have my confidence. Sure. Uh, so that ended. And then I just kind of bounced around and did a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and uh, spent a lot of time at the Good Pie with Jeffrey Mole. That was really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pre Randolphies, you know, just, you know, just. Mm-hmm. Doing whatever we wanted, he'd be like, "I was at the farm working. I got this bag of whatever. Let's make a syrup and try mm-hmm. shit. You know, or like, hey, when's the last time you made a Hemingway daiquiri? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, well, make let's make six of them with scientific <laughs> method, and everything's a different ingredient. We'll take a million notes, and we'll pick which one's the best. I'm like, yeah, sweet, love yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, totally. You know, where I, he'd be like, I read an article about like if you take some ice cubes and wet them when you do egg white drinks, like it it's a different kind of dilution than just filling mm, the thing all the way that's up. That's cool. Yeah, you know, just." Mm-hmm. Just, that, that was that environment, you know. It was great. It just, it reignited the spark. Um, and then I uh, took over at Sanctuary for about a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably the first time I met you guys, actually. Yeah, I believe so. so. Yeah, yeah. Sanctuary. Yeah. I was probably exasperated and tired and just made you some ridiculous drinks and fancy glasses. I think I probably made one of you uh, my house bird cocktail, which is very similar to a jungle bird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember that very well. I can't
0: remember a very funky glass with a very interesting pattern
2: I can't remember. Yeah, it was a footed Pilsner glass, and it had a, um, they got them at an antique store. It was, like, all different characters. Mm-hmm. It was great. <laughs> anyway, see, I did that, and then, um, what did I do after a I did uh, a place that I won't talk about for a very short amount of time that wasn't a good fit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I started working at Wheelhouse in Clayton. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was, like, we, we had two different, like thoughts about it i was like yeah i'm gonna get to do high volume and stuff and like really like get my speed chops back up and like Mm because people uh, just assume i'm really slow for whatever reason i don't get it because i do quick cocktails you know Mm -hmm. but i can i can i can hang with the rest of them you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i get in there and it was real busy for the first couple weeks but it was right around the time where they were changing over their concept and the reason Mm -hmm. i got hires was they wanted to do more high-end fancier things Mm -hmm. and the market just didn't respond very well to it because mm-hmm. yeah. it was just like a really rocky transition and it ended up closing which is perfect for me because then i got to work at start bar yeah mm. which is a great fit and it was yeah. really fun but i just got the Jones to uh do do the creative thing again mm-hmm. you know start yeah. bar was like just let's try something cool yeah it's cool all right now let's dump a bunch of sugar on top of it so mm-hmm. we can sell a lot of it you yeah. know and that's cool and there's space for that and, you yeah, know totally, i still hang yeah. out there but it's just it wasn't what i wanted to do um and then I heard that uh, per, uh, the first story I got was Parigi needed a part-time bartender. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that'd be kind of a cool thing. Like, I'll do that and start bar for a while. And then I met with uh, some people, and they were like, well, what's happening is, you guys know Drew Lucido? Who? Yes. Drew? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. He's my boss. Mm-hmm. He's he's amazing. Mm-hmm. But he was uh, head bartender at Parigi, and he was moving into his role as beverage director mm-hmm. for the restaurant group. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't spend all his time there. Yeah. So I started there. Uh, I dropped Star Bar. It was a very abrupt transition. I put in my two weeks mm. right before they made the schedule. It's a bad mm. idea. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. I, only got, I only got scheduled one day. Mm-hmm. So mm. I had panicked because, you know, I got bills to pay. So sure, again, yeah. I had to, like, you know, be like, oh, never mind, I'll come in Tuesday because I was on the fence about when I wanted to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So I jumped in there and it was it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a really interesting restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, chef The chef, Ramon Cook Coffee, is just super classical and everything's delicious and mm. perfect he's there every night he touches every plate before it goes out wow. like mm. food is amazing you guys were there like super yeah, good great. execution super on point mm-hmm. mm. uh it's italian food with uh french cooking techniques kind of like french informed mm. italian i guess when they opened they had to do a spiel about how it's a 1940s restaurant mm. in a uh, 1940s italian restaurant in paris mm. that mm. was the the vibe cool and our after dinner game is strong.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> we have French, uh, French pastries from uh, Choquette, which mm-hmm. our owner Ben is part mm-hmm. owner in. You guys did, Ben. Uh, Patrick from Choquette, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's, that's great. And then we have coffee from Blueprint, like just grappa. Like really, really awesome after dinner stuff. I wish it got more press, honestly. Sure. Yeah. I wish it became commonplace to go to another restaurant after dinner and get some coffee and gelato and whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we can dream.
1: Americans are slow to transition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we
0: actually yeah. Uh, we were uh, invited to visit uh, Clayton and Wheelhouse when they we were changing their concept. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, a lot, everything was great. Just, it was just, it, it, Wheelhouse is typically a place where you have, you know, girls in tight shorts. Serving yeah. a nice burger. It, it was the identity
2: crisis. Well. They would have changed the name. Mm. They oh, should have. They really you know, should have. But uh, there was like a thing about they didn't want to pay the city of Clayton however many thousand to rebrand and change mm. the name on file. Mm. 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 You know, which I, I get, you know, I'm not gonna fault him for that. It would have helped, but it was just too big of a space. Yeah, the, yeah, the food there was awesome. It was yeah. Mike, Mike Thorpe, mm-hmm. um, yep, just crushed it, man. Yeah, Brand, a whole Branzino like mm. really cool stuff. It was fun to sell that food. It was frustrating to explain it to people because mm-hmm. they just I thought this was wheelhouse and I wanted the chicken nachos that are, yeah. five dollars yeah. and yep. fit on six plates or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just wasn't the spot, you know, mm. sure, but yeah, uh, food's good. Uh, Niksta opened while uh, while I was at Parigi. And mm-hmm. my second day at uh, of training at Parigi, Drew was like, man, I think you do really well at Nixta. I'm like, yeah, me too. Yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. You know, And it just kind of took forever for uh, things to get moved around and then to get settled mm-hmm. before I was able to finally start getting some shifts over there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, no. so you were
1: splitting your time between the two? My week
2: is perfectly split between yeah. Nixta and Parigi, and mm-hmm. it's great because Parigi is... Fun and I have to be on my game and hospitality and like fresh silverware and forks for everything, mm-hmm. you know. And it's a different kind of busy, yeah. Where you're like, Oh man, I need to get this table bread and this table, uh, she needs a fresh wine glass, like, because she's switching to it like a, a rose now. So I got a kid mm-hmm. springing out of a craft, and then mm-hmm. uh, those guys need forks, and that guy needs a spoon, mm-hmm. like. It's it's a very different kind of thing, and then meanwhile the ticket printer is behind you because you're mm. on the other side of the bar at tables, mm-hmm. just printing a million different creative <laughs> versions of martinis, mm-hmm. like you know, gray goose ice olives, whatever. It's mm-hmm. just you know, it's it's a different kind of busy. Yeah. And Nix does. Let's make a billion margaritas, and everybody's happy and it's cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I like I like the chef I like the food it's. Have mm. you guys been yet? Oh, yeah. We have. Yeah,
1: yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Kind of like very upscale Mexican. Yeah, sure.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's uh, just the furthest thing from Tex-Mex, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you still get a little bit of uh, trepidation from people. Not so much at the bar, because mm-hmm. bar diners tend to be a little bit more well versed in what's happening, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. But they still like, I want chips and salsa. And you gotta be like, dude, we have it, but like wouldn't you much rather have this beautiful guacamole or this black bean hummus like, <laughs> yeah. you know mm. and then they're mad that it's not free and then mm. we uh, we have very weird size uh, proportion glassware like mm-hmm. visually mm-hmm. Uh, so it's still the normal amount of like a, a Collins glass or double rocks glass but the margarita it sits in it to the very top and it looks tiny mm. because it's it's in between a Collins glass and a double rocks glass so it's mm-hmm. kind of like this thin fat short tall glass mm-hmm. that's just Amorphous and mm-hmm. you know so if you can get people past the idea of the size of their margarita, mm-hmm. uh, smooth sailing. You know they're mm-hmm. down. Every, everybody loved everything I've ever brought them. It's really easy to describe the food. Mm-hmm. You know I get to be like a lot of topics. Like yeah, you know it's whatever. It's delicious and they just <laughs> go okay. I'll have six of them. You know <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Mm-hmm. It's great. easy I got to go through every dish and the every ingredient and all the preparation methods and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I get to start my week at needs to uh, walk to work you know, get some coffee, Mm -hmm. like, super, super close to my house, you know, uh, juice, juice a million pounds of lime juice, make a million Mm -hmm. margaritas, and the next day, same thing, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm at Cruzy being real fancy,
1: Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, really studying wine. Cool. Mm -hmm.
1: Good deal. So you sort of got into this, you said, because you played music with Tony Yeah, yeah. and he he brought you to the alcohol, booze-making thing.
2: Yeah, it was yeah. kind of the first exposure I got to it that wasn't about, let's get wasted, dude, mm-hmm. which has never been my thing. Sure. Uh, I was more like, I'm drinking this because I like it, mm-hmm. but, you know? And it's, I, I'm, it's a constant point of contention with me and some other even bartenders and mm-hmm. clientele. Like, it's just, it comes from a different place. Yeah. Sure. You know?
1: What sort of jobs were you doing before that, before you got into mixology and such?
2: Uh, I was doing some audio stuff. I went to school for audio production. Cool. Uh, so I was doing sound at uh, the theater inside Washington University. Mm. I worked at Foo Bar for a short amount of time. Mm. Uh, I did just freelance stuff. Uh, recorded bands, I still kind of do that. But mm-hmm. it's, you know, I don't really have a, uh, I don't have a studio. Like mm-hmm. I have half my years at my parents' house, half of it's at mm. my apartment. So mm-hmm. it's a, kind of a tall order to get things lined up for that. But. Sure. Uh that kind of stuff uh worked at the gift shop at Lumiere Place Casino for mm-hmm. a, a year and a half. Yeah. I don't know how I survived that long there <laughs> you know it, it, it was good for me though it was a steady gig yeah and that's actually when i, I turned twenty one while I had that job mm-hmm. So the first drinking I ever did uh really like I didn't drink from the age of like fourteen to twenty basically mm-hmm. um was like with coworkers, so we'd go down and i was just trying shit and like oh, I, somebody said my dory salary was good let me try one of those yeah. you know i'm like no i don't like that one how about a gin and tonic like just pulling sure. at random things yeah. like and that's what made it so powerful mm-hmm. when we mm-hmm. finally had that that cocktail yeah just odd jobs you know lots yeah. of retail mm-hmm. uh no restaurant jobs until i started working in bars yeah cool
1: gotcha do you still play instruments
2: yeah, I play it, uh, a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm good at, i confidently say I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a good drummer. Mm-hmm. It's nothing I'm most comfortable with, but yeah. I, mm-hmm. I play guitar, I play bass, and I, cool. I program keyboards, I don't really play keyboards, and mm-hmm. can't sing for for crap. I always find other people to do it. <laughs> Seems like most of the bartenders or chefs I know have been in punk bands growing up, so. Yeah, a lot of them are musicians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's yeah. a common thread, you know. It you is. You get drawn to cool, creative stuff, and then you take it with you into your profession, and...
1: Mm. yeah what did you want to be when you were a kid
2: a uh, musician really? Oh, sure yeah. 100% wanted to be a, a, like a touring drummer mm-hmm. and not like a drummer in a famous band like a band a, a drummer that just tours with different projects all the time
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know did or you like uh, the drummer for SNL or something like okay <laughs> really varied house gig yeah mm-hmm.
1: do you have any um, particular musicians who you like to emulate or who you wish you could
2: oh man there's a lot right now super lot um the, the I listen to a lot of like really uh, patterny crazy aggressive music, mm-hmm. and it's just like a lot of a lot of the drummers are really in those bands uh, are actually just kind of playing parts that the guitar players programmed, mm. you know. So it's just kind of like ambiguous. Like mm. I like bands. It's hard for me to zero in on musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's people like Jojo Mayer, is a really ridiculous drummer that did a lot for live interpretations of drum and bass. Mm-hmm. Um, who's the other guy Benny Grebb. Mm-hmm. did a beautiful DVD about the language of drumming hmm. and he hmm. kind of sees like patterns of uh, like gaps and gaps and beats as letters and then he teaches you how to form uh, hmm. phrases and then sentences and then like hmm. how to have like the rest of it's like a musical conversation Interesting. and it's about meaningful improvisation not just playing stuff you know
1: sure is he in a band?
2: Uh, he, he does he's one of those drummers that just kind of it's about him and whatever okay. band he's in it's just kind of whatever okay mm-hmm.
1: Very interesting. Just look
2: up some Benny Greb videos on YouTube. It's ridiculous.
1: Okay. Cool. Interesting.
2: And then there's the guy that used to be in uh, Dave Elitch. He mm-hmm. was in the Mars Volta for a little while. Oh, wow. Well. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure what he's doing now. He's always doing lessons and clinics and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's just, you know, just takes every 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 lick and every every like pattern and flips it around and does really creative things with it and mm-hmm. like breaks it down in a way that makes complete sense and makes you feel dumb for not just doing it already. <laughs> but it's great.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. How much do you get to um, a, the two places you're at now? How much do you get to create new drinks and menus and such?
2: It's very collaborative. Uh, it's a good. It's a good system. Yeah. You know, uh, I came into prepped on Drew's menu, and I like his menu, and that was one of the reasons mm-hmm. it never bothered me that it, my drinks weren't on it, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it was a good menu and it was easily to, easy to sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, Drew's very meticulous about. This workspace and this flow and like everything for the drinks need to be in this section and like these bottles need to be next to each other. Mm-hmm. And I just I'm the exact same way. Mm-hmm. It was a very natural transition for be Like oh okay, this drink is visually right here in my rail. This drink is. Mm-hmm. You know I don't have to turn around to the back bar and grab stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All the bitters I need are right here. Mm-hmm. All the bitters I don't need are on a separate tray over here. Mm-hmm. Like it's, really really intuitive, um, but when it came time to do the new menu, which we're in the process of right now, he was just like, all right, everybody throw me some drinks. Hmm. And he, uh, he went to all the accounts uh, he runs and he sat with all the bartenders and we all hashed out. I was part of Parisians hmm. and Nixtas meetings. We just tried stuff and cool. conceptualized ideas. Hmm. And the best ones make the cut and then that's it. Cool. You know, and uh, it, you know, it is his program, it's his menu. Uh, even if a few drinks awesome, it might not fit uh, in the realm of the restaurant. You got to think about cost got to think about prep time you got to think about execution time like is it going to gunk up your works do i need to charge 22 for it because mm. it's on fire and a hollow dot pineapple but when i do it and people bring it through that's not happening by the way but <laughs> 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 when I bring but it in, could yeah, yeah maybe in the winter time we'll see <laughs> <laughs> it's the best time to do tiki drinks in the yeah. winter but when you're walking through the dining room with that like that that goes well beyond like mm. you know like classic it's just oh that's really cool i want that and then and that's what I always wanted it to be about. Yeah.
1: Know.
2: But yeah, it's there's there's room for creative input for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but it's it's being met with uh weird resistance, from. Uh, not really from the owner because he's mm-hmm. got his own stuff going on, but mm-hmm. it's just hard to get it across to, other people in the restaurant like the service staff or, mm-hmm. or the, why the kitchen needs to let me use their whipped cream chargers <laughs> like. <laughs> You know, there's just, like, a disconnect. Mm-hmm. Like, I find myself all the time being, like, we need grapefruits. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, for what? I'm, like, uh, three drinks on the menu, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to eighty six, you know, and I'm driving to the store mm-hmm. during service. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, so the environment of the bar staff and Drew is very creative and open to ideas. Mm-hmm. But, like, when... I don't know it's just, it's just weird to try to get those things across mm-hmm. you know yeah. I sound like a lunatic when I'm talking about like no we'll get we'll get some tiki mugs and <laughs> the drink will be expensive and people can split it mm-hmm. and whatever and they're just thinking like it's not summer I'm like dude it's not about summer it's <laughs> you know it's fun you know yeah. it's, it's about escapism like yeah. tiki doesn't have its roots in uh almost anything traditional it's like a couple of people that were like party party dudes mm-hmm. that had a business and they're like this is fun let's do this and that's it it was like blending exotic flavors like I mean it's it was all like even now when I talk to people about tiki they're like well do you get fresh passion fruit I'm like no and either did freaking uh, beach bum berry like mm. you just you go to the store you get used what they have and that's it it's mm. fun mm. but it's just I feel like constantly trying to explain that it wears me out a little bit you know mm. Mm. I th- I'm. I'm not trying to put tequila drinks in Parigi. Uh, we have one. Mm. This is a uh, because it's a vermouth based cocktail. Mm. And It's on our aperitif section. It's mm. Brilliant, but you know, I think anuixa would be a really cool fit for it. Mm. Yeah. Mission Taco kind of transcended that when mm. you know Kyle was finally like, you know, what, man, we've been focusing on tequila so much. Like, let's let's have some of this rum influence in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Mexico produces a huge amount of rum. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that just nobody ever really talks about. Mm. It's all of a type, but it's it's a it's a big part of the culture too. Mm. You know, it's just tequila is like the Americanized version of it.
0: Mm.
2: Sure, like nobody knew what mezcal or sotol was, mm. or any of the other thousand agave distillates that I can't remember the name of it right now.
1: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're um, going through and creating a new drink, do you have a process or thoughts that that come to you when you're trying to oh, do yeah. that. Yeah.
2: yeah, it's like, it's like a, it's like a Rolodex, or yeah. like a, like, you know, like every drink has to have a structure,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and, what well, doesn't, but I mean, you always start with the structure, and you and mm-hmm. work from there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, one thing I used to do when I was starting out was I would just load ingredients on top of each other, mm-hmm. uh, and then try to see if I could taste them mm-hmm. at <laughs> the end of it, because there'd be so much random stuff in there, sure. mm-hmm. but you just, you start with a base, or, you know, or, or an idea if you're inspired by, like, an ingredient instead of like a base spirit, but I usually start with base spirits, um, and, and have like a direction mapped out where I want to go. Mm-hmm. Like I want this drink when it's done to be bitter, or I want this drink when it's done to be like fruity and nutmeggy and like really hot, like intense, like a lot of hot booze going mm-hmm. on, but I don't want it to like be that to be the focus. So you just kind of find formula and you slot things in mm-hmm. and you, you, there's like a pre, pre existing ratios that you work mm-hmm. with. hmm and that's the thing I always try to get people to understand mm. is like uh, there's a book called The Joy of Mixology which lays it out very well mm. and also Smuggler's Cove uh, by Martin Kate has a beautiful breakdown of like okay here's the ingredients that could potentially fill the role of booze here's the ingredients that could potentially fill citrus or mm. acid in general like citric mm. acid going beyond just like lemon and lime juice mm. and then there's the weak ingredient which can be like your length in that's where you get pineapple and orange juice and mm-hmm. things like iced tea and like cream and all that kind of stuff mm. Um, so you, I'm thinking like in like a kind of a grid framework. Mm. So I know like based on what I've already added, I know how much volume I have left to work with because mm. you're thinking about what kind of glass is gonna fit in. Mm. You know, mm. like pe- people people uh, usually comment like when I make them bar calls and I'm straining into the glass and like the last drop perfectly fills up the glass. <laughs> you know, and they're like, how do you do that? It's like so cool because I know how much that glass holds. I know that mm. if I shake these ingredients, they're gonna expand by. I think it's like. 20, 28 to 32 mm-hmm. percent of an increase from in the ice melting and shaking. So, you know, like if you start with three ounces, you can end up with like five and a half. So, you mm-hmm. get a coop that's mm-hmm. a five and a half ounce coop. you know. Cool. Just stuff like that. You know, it gets easier. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't, there's not, it sounds really stupid to say, but there's not really any trial and error anymore, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Unless it's a really weird, like, unless I'm working with like grass jelly. Or some crazy... Grass jelly? Yeah. Mm. Some crazy, like, Jay's International Foods find. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, I don't know what this is. I'll taste it. I'll try some stuff. Mm. And sometimes it's a total swing and a miss, mm-hmm. you know. But you're working with a structure that you know can can work. Cool. And then, uh, if then just creating drinks, it's a little bit more free-form. If it's a menu, I always see the whole menu as a thing. Mm-hmm. Keeping in mind costing. Keeping in mind what drink's going to sell the most. Which drink's mm-hmm. going to sell the least. Like, if I'm doing a drink with really cheap vodka and some stuff that's thrown together real quick and I know everybody's going to order it, Uh, I can take that ridiculous cognac coffee served neat cocktail in a punch cup and make it, you know, 13 bucks instead of 20 bucks, which Mm is what it should cost if you're following the formula correctly Mm -hmm. because you're weighing those things against each other. Mm -hmm. So menus are super fun for me to create. Mm -hmm. I get way more excited about being creative when I'm doing a menu or a section of a menu or drinks for an event Mm -hmm. and I can kind of see the whole process instead of just like particular drinks because I don't like to make drinks and then try to slot them into things later mm. you know I, mm. I'll make drinks for fun around the house or for for guests you know mm. Other the bartenders whatever but it's it's the process is different for what I'm trying to do gotcha do you often think of uh, cocktails and mixology as
0: the same as like being in a band like making music yeah
2: yeah totally and even then you have like you know you have dudes that read, read music and dudes that can't mm. you know <laughs> it's really dudes that measure dudes that don't measure gotcha uh, you know and mm. Do you need to measure for the string? Do you not need to measure, like, mm. just all kinds of different variables. But yeah, you know, you know you, it's, you get a lot of cross-influence like you do in music. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you play rock drums you know listen to rock bands, you're only going to sound like a rock drummer. But if you check out some Afro-Cu- Afro-Cuban records or whatever, mm. like, go to a different kinds of restaurant, travel, talk to people. Like, mm. talk to people that aren't bartenders. See what they're doing in their houses. Mm. They might have tripped over something really freaking cool mm. that most people would just write off. You mm. know, mm. like, just try stuff. You
1: know? Nice. Do you have a favorite ingredient or flavor that you're jonesing on right now?
2: Right now, uh, French rum has been near the top of my interest. Mm. Just, okay. just super into it. Mm-hmm. Mm. What's different about it? Uh, so rum comes from there's so there's an outdated way of categorizing rum based on region, mm. but you got to remember that regions will produce whatever they want. So mm. it's not mm-hmm. really like a set thing. Mm. Okay. Uh, so f- uh, you can make rum from uh, sugar. From molasses or from pre- fresh pressed sugarcane juice, mm. which is how they make French rum, mm. uh, agricultural style rum, hence rum agricole. So mm. you know they take the sugarcane juice, they press it, they ferment it, they distill it, mm. uh, and it tastes grassy. You know, mm. It tastes vegetal. It tastes like mm. uh, it's got some liveliness to it. Mm. You know? Not way different than gin, just more like grass. Like think of like cachaca, mm-hmm. you mm. know. That kind of thing. It's it's a little bit similar, mm. uh, but they're starting to do really weird stuff with terroir and varietals of sugarcane. Mm. You know, it's just the next logical step, and it's just I love French rum, mm. and it it baffles me what to do with it a lot of the time, and that's what's fun too. Mm. If you oh. put aged French rum in front of me, I just I'll and ask me to make you a drink with it. I'll go through like twenty iterations right away. It's like, and the first ten are gonna be bourbon cocktails with French rum in it. Mm. You know, I'm like oh, that's not exciting. Let's try something weird. Yeah. You know, so mm. it's it's exciting. And it's delicious. Mm. I don't know I if I've ever had that before.
1: Mm. Next time. We'll come We'll come. Oh, it's at, it's at Elliot's
2: house. Is it? Yeah, Elliot McDaniel has my French room right now.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Okay, cool. Uh, let's talk food. Mm-hmm. And I guess other drink stuff. Mm. Are there any um, dishes or meals or drinks or beers you've had in town that you think people should know about?
2: Oh, um, everybody already knows about Miley. Mm. Yep. Mm. So we'll skip that one. Um <laughs> So there's, uh, I I, eat, I live next to the hill, so I get a fair amount of Italian sandwiches, mm-hmm. probably more than most people should. Um, and I love Joya's, but mm-hmm. what gets no love from anybody, uh, Jay Viviano's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's an Italian mm-hmm. market in the hill, it's on Shaw, right mm-hmm. next to uh, Shaw Coffee. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, on Shaw button right now. And they have a deli counter in the back that you, you just gotta walk back to the store and hope they're open you know, mm. they're supposed to be open from 10 to 2 but if nobody comes in they'll close mm-hmm. and like the guy always looks like he hates you when you order a sandwich <laughs> but they do everything on uh, muffaletta loaves like these mm. big round sandwiches and then mm-hmm. they just cut them in half and they're huge mm. and they're like 10 bucks and mm-hmm. it's like two whole sandwiches wow. and it's delicious they have one with like a fried steak sandwich with Ooh. basically a caprese salad mm. thin cut fried steak with uh, tomato mozzarella and some other stuff mm. which is killer and you get like a little tiny like two rounds portion cup of macaroni salad or potato salad like, mm. and it's kind of them selling you on the idea of them catering, mm. like, just little quantities oh, of that I kind see, of I stuff. See, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's super good, and it's I'm always the only person in there waiting for a sandwich, and mm-hmm. I don't get it. Mm. You know, it's delicious. Jay Viviano's on the hill. Okay. Mm. Okay. They have Amaro, too. A lot of Amaro. Ooh, really? Really. Really are into Amaro, so... Yeah. They have stuff that, like, if something goes off the market, they'll still have it, because nobody buys their Amaro. Hmm. Yeah, they'll still have, like, two rows of it. Wow. Well, oh, well. Good to know. Yeah.
1: Cool. Yeah. Nice. And they
2: have the uh, Canado-flavored San Pellegrino, which is... Canada? Canado. Uh, C-H-I-N-A-T-O. Okay. Uh, hmm. It's... I think it's... I, f- I forget the, the origin of the word, but it's basically... Uh, San Pellegrino that has the flavor profile of sweet vermouth without mm, wow. alcohol, and it's amazing. Wow, it's the best you would thing love ever. that! Yeah, huh? Interesting,
1: <laughs> have to go look for that. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. I haven't been to that shop in a long yeah, time. It
2: only comes in the glass bottles, not in the cans. Oh. And cool. it's uh, I've seen it at J. Viviano's In and Out, uh, it's just not always there. You know? Okay, cool,
1: cool. nice, hmm. okay, Cool. very interesting. Yeah. Any drinks or beers that you really like?
2: Uh, yeah, a lot. I just had a <laughs> I just had a Tim's uh, Colada, uh, New Orleans Colada or or, uh, something like that with Peychaud's bitters and Mm -hmm. Mm. whatever. I forget what it's called. It's really good. Mm. Real good. Um,
1: You mean Tim Wiggins? Tim Wiggins, yeah. yeah.
2: And uh, I've heard about a drink that I want to try that uh, Harrison made at Planters House. It's a Sazerac uh, with... Banana-heavy ingredients. It's like mm, I don't know if there's banana liqueur in it, but I huh. think it's cognac and banana and it's like still absinthe. I, f- hmm. I forget. Uh, Beth Sorel is a big fan of it. Just every time mm-hmm. she talks about it, I want to try it. Mm. Nice. Um, urban uh, Urban Underdog, the uh, Urban Chestnuts New Beer is rad. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what I was hoping one of those companies would do. Just yeah. put a lager in a can and uh. sell a bil- bajillion of them. Because <laughs> it's just we need more of a foothold for mm. you know smaller operations and all yeah. this like all these people that live here drink Bud Light which is fine but they're, they're like well it's local I'm like okay fine, but it. is it though <laughs> yeah Yeah, I understand they employ some of your friends and I can't hate on that but like you know just drink carbon drink Chestnut drink Civil Life drink yeah. Four Yeah. and Civil Life needs to pasteurize their they find a way to pasteurize their beer because mm. they need to be have cans and every Chinooks and like mm-hmm. every bar you know mm. I love their brown ale yeah, just a nice class of beer. Yeah, Civilized my favorite place to go, just have a beer. Mm. Perfect. Nice. They, they do casks, uh, hardcore there. Cask scale is one of my favorite things.
1: Good answer. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, do you have any interests or hobbies that no one would ever suspect about you?
2: Oh, uh, no, it's pretty cut and dry. Yeah. I mean, music. Uh, I used to be real into video games. Mm. Now I'm super casual about it. Mm-hmm. I barely ever really play them anymore. Mm. What uh, systems uh, PC a lot recently. I bought myself a PC mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as, a, as a ploy to get myself to s- not go out and spend money on food and drinks so much. Mm-hmm. It's worked a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, PS4 kind of. Uh, still. I still play a lot of Super Nintendo and Nintendo 64 though. I have, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm have in my apartment. You know. Cool. It might not be the actual console. It's probably an emulator on the computer because I don't want to get up and go find the cartridge. Sure. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still play a lot of the classic stuff that I played growing up. Yeah. Cool. Super Metroid and stuff like that. It oh, yeah, has a... Masterpiece of the game.
0: Yeah, so great.
2: well put together and just, yeah, yeah nice yeah. progression and everything. Yeah, it, uh, I've beaten it like ten times and it's still fun every time. Mm-hmm. Like, it never feels tedious. For new games, I can't get past the, the tutorial without being like, forget it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we shouldn't have to have tutorials. We'll just figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Should game do? design, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are you into gardening at all? No, yeah. <laughs> but I really, I really want to be. You know i want to i want to have a vertical garden in my kitchen with mint and basil just like everybody Mm. else does but i still haven't gone to the store to buy the stuff yeah so it's that's just it that's just the motivation to get this started yeah um but no i don't don't, even then i don't think i would get much satisfaction out of gardening Mm. what about cooking Do you cook at all yeah but i just trying to get over the cleanup and i'm way looser with my cooking than i should be and sometimes i just completely mess everything up Mm you know like just guessing it's usually under seasoning everything Mm. because i feel like a pinch of salt on like a whole turkey breast is plenty but it's not you know Mm -hmm. i need to like be loading it up but i'm scared to ruin it with too much flavoring Mm. i just keep making bland dish after bland dish sure but i did have a relatively genius cooking uh thing not too long ago i had leftover french fries from the vine Mm -hmm. and i made a batata the next morning and Mm. i just threw them in a pan and refried them, and I mm. cracked some eggs over top and cut some peppers and onions and some seasoning and mm. threw it in there, just kind of with mm. a fork off of a plate. It was real good. Easy stuff. Yeah, it's all I've, I've done something like that, too. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nothing wrong with that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I go out to eat so much. Yeah. Because I didn't grow up with cooking much, either. Really? Yeah. yeah. My mom is uh, from the Midwest, and she's super sensitive to, you know what she calls spice is really just any seasoning they were like hot like it's too hot if it's got you know, sure, sure. pepper on it you know yeah. so the food around the house was always just what's for dinner chicken and I was like well it's an ingredient like what's what's the whole, what's the whole dinner and, oh chicken and green stuff and potatoes yeah oh, green okay. stuff <laughs> okay so no, no butter or seasoning on the potatoes cool.
1: when you think of someone successful who comes to mind for you
2: um, locally, I mean, like I really uh everybody looks up to Ted Kilgore, you gotta mm-hmm. uh he uh he gave me like a little rundown of his journey from uh working in I think he was doing perfumes for a really? while. That's his know. background I that. did not know that. He hmm. he was telling me a story about how he really wanted a job as a bartender. Hmm. And he just had took a job at like a, I think it was a country club. Hmm. Uh, he would wear a suit to work every day, hmm. just as a bartender. Everybody thought he was the manager, because he just really uh. wanted to, you know. Because mm-hmm. Ted got into it kind of late in his life, mm-hmm. you know, which I don't blame him, because there's nothing else really going on around uh, St. Louis until then, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there was, I just don't know about it. But sure. sure. But yeah, uh, Ted's, Ted's kind of an inspiration for all of us, at least a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I Jeffrey Mole is just an awesome dude. I wish he got a little bit more love, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. finally coming around. Uh, Nick from Publico, of course. Oh, yeah, breaking up. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was Tim Wiggins, uh, you know, the good buddy Ben Bauer. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> the, two, the two of us have been, you know, at, you know, some place that shouldn't be open, that isn't open until 5 a.m., talking about, like, hmm. you know, well, wouldn't it be cool if we, like, <laughs> t- took some oak and put it in water, and then we made water out of the, uh, syrup out of the oak water, and, like, whatever, <laughs> just ridiculous nonsense. <laughs> Mm. you know with, with loud punk rock and stag and, and sure. stag in our hand and stuff yeah. we were super nerdy about that kind of stuff yeah. and he's got I don't know too much about his background but me and him are always like let's be fun let's do it mm-hmm. You know, right. I'm gonna put a tiki section on I'm gonna do a tiki takeover of my menu for a month mm-hmm. and it ended up being like four months because it was wildly successful yeah. and I yeah. almost he almost broke his wrists off <laughs> uh, shaking mm-hmm. but yeah for the the uh
0: lifespan of a bartender is pretty short with the career in. It's kind of like uh, yeah
2: you get you get uh, you get start thinking about what are you going to do next like mm. you know the, the, I, I've got grass is greener syndrome pretty hard right now mm. I'm like oh I really want to be a, like a liquor rep mm. you know for a brand like a brand ambassador I want to travel to bars and sell people on stuff
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, or, or oh no I want to be a beverage director of a hotel sure yeah. you know which I mean I already got a tattoo so I feel like that's just not a thing anymore <laughs> for mm. some reason
0: now, tattoos are becoming more more in the mainstream nowadays. Yeah,
2: I still see postings like to now. I see postings like I think 801 Chop House had a posting up and they were like looking for qualified people with no visible tattoos or piercings. <sighs> Come on, man. We yeah. really want to be the last people on the block to be that. No, yeah. Yeah, there's no correlation between that and not being hospitable. And right. a lot of the clients probably have tattoos, visible tattoos. Yeah, I don't know about <laughs> Chop House. Well, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I've never been in there. I'm so scared. Wait, yeah, to we actually there. have not visited either. Yet. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we we should all just quit hating on it and go
0: somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's probably probably good people there. But uh, what's gonna ask? Oh, one is uh, talking Talk about the lifespan of a bartender. Yeah. That they're they get joint problems and from Stanton, and also had stand all the of time, lovely. Uh, yeah, I I have,
2: I have had I have severe plantar fasciitis from uh from Star Bar because there's oh, no fatigue really? mats in the shifts 14, geez. 15, 16 hours long. Damn. And the response that I got was like, "Oh, just get some insoles." Like, "Oh, yeah. gee, thanks." You know? Yeah. So I did, and they didn't do much. Mm. Uh, but I, you know, I've been trying to take better care of my feet. Uh, I started wearing kitchen shoes behind the bar. We mm. uh, have fatigue mats at Parigi and Niksta. You're moving around so much that it doesn't matter. Sure. You because know, the damage comes from standing in one place. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. So if you drop a fatigue mat under your service bar, mm. well. When you're planted there you're fine. Mm. If you're running to get glassware stuff, it doesn't bother you. But standing in one place with nothing to do mm. is just the worst. Yeah. Okay. Uh and hands and joints, I mean, they wrecked from playing drums and metal bands anyway. So gotcha. you know, I have moments where things just slide out of my hand and just break. Mm. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> because, yeah, it's it's normally uh something that like it's normally tins that are empty. Mm. Cause I'm not paying as much attention oh, yeah. I' like, am just like whoops and I just keep, like, <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just bring my hand down and my numb stupid hand occasionally mm-hmm. I'll just knock something over it's just mm-hmm. from like carpal tunnel and stuff Action. from playing drums
0: yeah I'll sometimes be holding something I just want to make a point so I just move my hand I just let go of it while yeah I'm, yeah it's like very enthusiastic talker.
2: yeah, yeah. It's one of the reasons I don't try to do very fancy things <laughs> I, lo- I love uh, I love useful flair like technique efficiency driven things that you do that look cool but are also like super serve a purpose yeah sure like like using both hands at the same time can sometimes look really flashy and intricate but it's also quicker you know mm. so you got to do it gotcha mm. uh, yeah lifespan of a bartender just you know I, I don't really drink that much um, mm. It kind of helps a lot you know for me drinking is still feels like research I don't constantly feel the need. Like, I almost never do shots when I'm out. If I do, it's just somebody else's idea. Yeah. And uh, everybody I drink with can attest to this. I always just ask for a little baby one. Mm. Or I'll do the shot at Camp Party or something. Because yeah. it's mm-hmm. not about the shot. Like, I enjoy the camaraderie. Sure. And that's why you're doing shots. But sure. it's not, like, it's not, like, a medicine or utility for me. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh Yeah. So, when I, when I drink, I try to drink new things. I try to go to new places. Mm. Uh, I try to visit people I know so I can know nerd out with them for just a minute sure because you need it you know so drinking is becomes research becomes an excuse to better yourself yeah. instead of just I want to get wasted yeah you know it's just not for me it's never I want to go get wasted it's I want to just go home and mm. you know watch a movie or i have been watching friends for the first time recently so there's been a lot of friends <laughs> happening in life. Uh, I'm, st- I'm also taking classes for CSW uh, certified specialist of wine and mm. CSS mm. Same thing for Spirits hmm. uh, at Major Brands at 8 a.m. every Wednesday morning. So. Wow. Can't really party too much on Tuesdays yeah. after work and Meek's yeah. you know. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Yes. Cool. Uh, what should I ask? Oh, well, you just mentioned Friends. You mean the TV show? Yes. Do you have any other... <laughs> That's okay. Do you have any other TV shows or, or movies or documentaries you've really enjoyed? Lately?
2: Uh, or even been, not so lately? I've been super into uh, Maddie Matheson's Munchies videos. Hmm. Okay. Like, cooking instructional videos because he's just like a really likable guy and he's really funny. Is like, the one on Vice or is it... Uh, Munchies, I think. Okay, I it's think different. so. He okay. has a show on Vice. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dead Set on Life. And then okay. uh, Keep It Canada is the, like the, the first two seasons. I don't know if they changed the name or whatever. Okay. But hmm. Whatever it is. Maddie Matheson's great. Hmm. Uh, friends, like I mentioned before. Um, nothing really industry-focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I watch all the same Netflix documentaries that everybody else does about, like, Noma and, you know, the, the Sushi One and I, all the remember? ones about... Uh, every documentary about wine on Netflix I watch
3: because
2: mm-hmm. uh, I'm not still not super into wine, but the more I kind of force it in front of myself, the more I'll pay attention to it. Sure. Um, yeah, even, like, my watching time, I try to listen to podcasts that are really relevant to the industry or stuff and just kind of be absorbed in it read books. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But yeah. Which uh, podcast do you to listen to? Uh, it's, it's really stupid. Hmm. Well, it's not stupid, but I listen to Joe Rogan's podcast a lot. Oh, okay. oh wow. But it's very dependent on the guest he has. Yeah. Or if it's a guest, usually only when he's got comedians on. Uh-huh. Oh, cool. Because I'm a huge stand-up comedy fan and I follow like a mm. lot of comedians, so cool. I like to, you know, hear, hear them interact. It's not really about his, like, UFC stuff or whatever. Yeah. Like, hmm.
0: Okay.
2: Have you ever thought about becoming a stand-up comedian? No. I'm not funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, I
2: mean, I, it just, I so I make dad jokes mm. on purpose to make people uncomfortable, <laughs> and I get always accused of, like, people thinking I'm, I'm serious mm. or being sincere when I do it. Like, I, I say bad ideas out loud on purpose and I have oh. this look on my face like, yeah, let's do that, and people just can't differentiate it Because I express my for-real ideas the same way. (laughs) It's kind of like a game I play to myself. So basically I'm just kind of like doing things to amuse myself. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of the antithesis of being a comedian, you know. making people feel uncomfortable because I think it's funny, but it's not. It doesn't doesn't really translate. Sure it is. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah right. I, used to, um,
0: I used to be real really the stamp comedy too I used to actually I used to listen to albums to go to sleep yeah you know get me got me stop me from thinking about bad stuff and just listen to the humor like David Cross and
2: Patton Oswald and Mitch Hedberg and yeah I'm a huge David Cross and Patton Oswald fan and uh, you know Zach Galifianakis yeah. uh, Kyle Kinane is one of my favorites mm-hmm. just hilarious mm-hmm. he does a bit about like he's sitting on the couch he's like let me tell you a little bit about myself I was sitting on my couch and I had a booger so I picked the booger but I I didn't want to put it on my couch and I didn't want to get up and throw it away so I put it back in my nose or (laughs) whatever like just (laughs) Just just put it right back we're it. (laughs) yeah that's 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 news you can use that's (laughs) good advice he's he's fantastic Mm. uh uh, Eugene Merman who's the voice of Gene on Bob's Burgers his stuff is really really good yeah uh just weird you know every every comedian that I really like I try to show to other people and, and they're just kind of half paying attention mm-hmm. like they're they're looking for more like the joke punchline ha 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 mm-hmm. and all the comedians I really like tend to be like story and, mm-hmm. story and conversation more, like uh, Tom Segura and whoever else you know mm-hmm. Louis C.K. is great of course
3: yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah like, uh,
0: I like Neil Hamburger because he's someone who definitely uses the humor of upsetting people yeah <laughs> the point where it's not even funny is just it's funny because you, you're just separated from the experience and just laughing at people getting upset and grossed out by this man, but... You know. Yeah.
2: I did an open mic night once and I just did as many offensive things as I could in a row before they took me off. stage. So, mm-hmm. like,
0: <laughs> yeah, my first... Uh, it, and I, I wasn't there with said.
2: friends. It wasn't even... <laughs> <I> was <laughs> make, sure <laughs> it was going to really funny <laughs> to myself and nobody else forever. What? Where was that? A uh, heavy anchor. Okay. It was like four years ago. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was great. I still see comedians because I still I still go there uh, every Monday. It used to be like every third Monday, but I think it's every Monday now. They do an open mic night mm-hmm. at Heavy Anchor, and the turnout's great. And mm. the PVRs are a dollar. And Josh and Jody, uh, the owners of the Heavy Anchor, are fantastic people. And, mm. You know, I wish more people would go there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I used to go there for improv shows a lot. Like used to be involved in
2: improv, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're 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 great uh, for different any community that wants a place like they're down you know it's super easy to get a show book to there you just gotta go I want to do this and you know do I have to pay for sound guy or not okay cool like you know let me know mm. when they're super open like, cool. it's a cool place mm. it's a very comforting bar nice awesome agreed mm.
1: um, I think I just got like two questions left for you sure. just about stuff okay so uh, if people want to find you in person for you to bartend or are your online sets? Where can people find you in person and online?
2: Uh, I don't really, I have an Instagram, uh, grifter, G-R-I-F-T-E-R-S-T-L. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just kind of post drinks really, and it's usually only drinks at Parigi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really, it's. I don't update it enough, uh, I don't interact on it really at all. I just mm-hmm. kind of post the picture and close the app and that's it, Like mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not active on Instagram ever. Sure. Um, in person though, it's super easy, I'm at Nixta Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm at Parigi Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, earlier in the night's better, because I've taken to opening and getting out early mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at Parisi. so I'm usually out of there on a the weekend, even sometimes as early as, like, 8.30 or 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, you know, five, uh, earlier in the day is probably the best time to come hang out when I have time to talk, you know. Uh, Tuesday at Parigi, at Nixa is a little hairy, because I'm super busy, because I'm solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so I'll be like, hi, how are you? And then, <laughs> how's your food? "Red, here's your check. Like, that's, that's... <laughs> Sometimes that's all you can get, you know. Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday at Nix nice is better because I got a I got a buddy with me, uh, mm-hmm. Lucas Ramsey, mm-hmm. fantastic bartender. Yep. Nice. Me and Lucas on pre, uh, nice on Wednesdays, <laughs> and uh, the other bartender I should mention at, um, Parisi, uh, Jonathan, who you guys met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just moved back to the city, uh, doing really cool stuff. Uh, he's like he's a huge, he's an uber nerd like me like mm. he is. His own set of ice carving tools, like mm-hmm. Japanese ice carving tools, like mm. me and him are writing a secret cocktail mini for Perigi, mm. it's all Drake songs, we just kind of, <laughs> yeah, we play a game where we, 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 write, the, we write the cocktail, and, uh, we don't try to make it three times, we just, this would sound cool, we write it out and then we try to make it work, mm-hmm. and then we don't tell each other the recipe, so... <laughs> We try to guess and get close, mm. and not make a disgusting drink. Like it's really, it's really fun. Yeah. Cool, yeah. I You know, it's just weird, weird stuff that I, it'd be really hard to pitch to anybody else. Mm. Like when you get two nerds together at a bar like that, you just stuff goes off off the wall real quick. Yeah. You know? Cool. At one point, I had guava, passion fruit, and uh, lychee juice behind the bar. There, mm. I also had pineapple leaves, and uh, I brought in some some Thai basil, and I mm. had coconut cream and so just my stuff all over the place there's three bottles of liquor control cover here. there's three bottles of rum on the back bar I you that I brought it myself mm-hmm. just cause like I didn't like it wasn't really worth having them spend the money cause mm. nobody's gonna order it and you know if something were to happen and I were to not work there anymore then they would just sit there forever so mm-hmm. uh, I just brought them in you know cool. I brought in some Blastra I brought in some other stuff cool. so yeah it's just when you leave a store on devices at a place like that it's <laughs> We do some really cool stuff. Yes.
1: Good deal. Last question for you, then. Um, do you have any asks or requests of the people listening?
2: Uh, no. I mean, probably most people that listen to this are going to anyway. Um, mm. I guess just know know your drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, know how to order it. Uh, I'm not going to be, like, I'm not saying pronounce it correctly. Just have an idea of what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, uh, I guess I see it in Clayton more than anywhere else, just acknowledging people when they say hi to you mm. it's just a huge pet peeve of mine like mm. i try to give everybody a solid like hey how are you guys mm. you know or if i'm real busy like it's kind of a joke where i like you know make like an eye movement at him to see him and then i come up and be like oh, what's up <laughs> 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 and they love it you know because it's, it's fun it's you know mm. they can kind of tell i'm kidding and i'm really trying to be nice yeah. mm-hmm. and it's, it's great just interact with people you know try stuff too mm. it's a, it's oh, man, I was expecting to have a huge rant about St. Louis in general, but just try new, try new things. That's it. Mm. Try, try new places, try new drinks, you know. I don't like gin, because one time in high school, I got, like, nobody cares. Drink, yeah, yeah. drink <laughs> gin. gin. Gin's great. Just great. do it. The only mm. thing that's not great is Jose Cuervo. Everything else is great. Word. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Morgan can be great, whatever. Just, yeah. Jose Cuervo is the only thing that's not great. Mm. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> the, the things to not say uh, on the internet when you're trying to be a brand rep. <laughs>
1: Duly noted.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, well, thanks for coming over. Yeah, thanks anytime. for the the tiki. Yeah. These sweet glasses.
2: Yeah. yeah. I'm taking them with me, but... Alright, oh, that's, happy right. all right. yeah, that's it fine. <laughs>
1: okay, did it. Alright, thanks, all all Thank you. Appreciate it. Boom. Beautiful. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. Do you enjoy hearing our random conversations? To ensure that we can keep the randomness up, please help us out by becoming a monthly sponsor to our Patreon account. We have several levels of sponsorship where you can be rewarded with cool stuff. You can donate at patreon.com weeatstuff. Thanks! Please be sure to join us next week for another interview, but in the meantime... Go out there and eat stuff. Bye, guys.